Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Facing Fears and Shifting Gears. My name is Leslie Reyes. I'm the author of the book, The Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle, and I've worked as a psychiatric and chemical dependency nurse in the past. Not only that, I have also struggled with mental health issues myself, and I was diagnosed on the autism spectrum in my 50s. So I created this podcast because I wanted to help other people who are struggling with mental health issues, or maybe you are an adult and suspect you're on the spectrum, or you have neurodiverse brain, um, like ADHD or OCD or dyslexia. And as an adult, how do we navigate the system to get the help we need? And I mostly want to focus on how difficult and challenging times in our lives often lead to positive breakthroughs and change. Because when I look back at my life, I noticed that the best times in my life when I felt the best about myself usually happened right after something awful or there was an awful time going on in my life. So during the pandemic, I had been working as a chemical dependency and psychiatric nurse at a hospital. And something from my past kept coming up. And that was motorcycles. Um, And what I mean by that is my father, my uncle, uh, my husband actually has been riding motorcycles since he was 13. Um, My cousins and some of my coworkers were talking about motorcycles a lot. Um, It was something that was a little bit of a family tradition on my father's side of the family. There were a lot of people riding motorcycles. And then in my 20s, when I met my um, at that time, he, my future husband, he was riding motorcycles and he tried to teach me, but I've always been like a really fearful person. And I talk in my book a lot about le- leading an impulsive life, but it was more reactive emotionally. Um, and when I reacted emotionally, a lot of times it was running away from things that were too scary or too difficult. So my one of my Filipino uncles, and he was the one who pretty much um, inspired everyone on the Filipino side of the family who now lives in the United States. He was the one that sort of started the migration from the Philippines to the United States. But he was really into cars and motorcycles. And he had a garage full of motorcycles and scooters and mini bikes. And my cousin Vivian, who was only a couple of years younger than I, when she was around five or six years old, she and her brother went to the garage and took these mini bikes out and she unfortunately crashed it. She ran into a curb when she was trying to go into the woods. She flipped over the handlebar. She messed up the bike really bad and she thought, oh my goodness, I'm in so much trouble. I'm dead. And if you know anything about the relationship between Filipino fathers and their daughters, it tends to be overprotective. I remember... um Uh, some other cousins of mine who with a different Filipino father, they were swinging on a swing set once and one of them fell off and started crying and he just flipped out. Like she probably never even wanted to get on a swing set again because if she fell off and started crying, she's just going to get screamed at. But there was this sort of overprotective, like don't do anything crazy. You're going to kill yourself. So I think I tried to learn how to ride a motorcycle when I was in my 20s. But I gave up because I was too afraid. But anyway, back to my cousin. So she crashes this motorcycle and she is convinced that she is dead. My uncle is going to freak out 
and she's never going to see the light of day again because she's going to be grounded. That's what she's thinking. But instead, he calls her into the garage and he says, you broke this motorcycle, so now we have to go to the store and buy parts for it, and you're going to help me fix it since you're the one that broke it. You need to learn how to fix it. And then after we fix this motorcycle, you're going to get back on the motorcycle and you're going to ride it because if you don't, you're going to be afraid to ever get on a motorcycle again. And she told this story at my uncle's funeral and something in me clicked, something in my brain clicked because I'd always looked at my cousins, the the daughters of this particular uncle as being really fearless and just really smart and just willing to take risks. And they both had, you know, really successful careers as adults, really wonderful families as adults. And I just thought it was something that was in their personality. But when my cousin uh, back up after they fall or how to fix something if they break it and how to push through fear so you're not afraid of anything anymore. Um, Not too long after this funeral, my um, husband bought a Harley Davidson, which was something that was on his bucket list. He'd been riding motorcycles since he was a child. And this was something I said, you know, we're 50. We're not getting any younger. If you want to buy the Harley, you need to do it now. And after that first ride that I took with him and sitting on the back, I thought, um, I'm going to get bored back here. I want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And my husband was upset because he had tried to teach me when I was younger, when we were living in New Jersey, Um, in an area that was a lot more rural. And now we're living in Los Angeles and Los Angeles is the absolute worst place to learn how to ride a street bike because there is so much traffic and it's so dangerous. But I was determined and I took the MSF course and and then I bought a motorcycle (laughs) and I dropped it not once, but twice the first time I took it out. But I had spent a lot of money on this motorcycle. You know, I went to an electric motorcycle dealership and electric motorcycles are a lot more expensive than gas motorcycles. Um, And I just thought, you know, I just want to sit on on the bikes. I want to sit on them, see if they're comfortable, see if an electric motorcycle is something that I want to do. And um, somehow I walked out of there uh, having bought one, 100% on credit. (laughs) I financed it. So, and I'm not even going to tell you how much it costs. You can look up, look up how much a zero S model motorcycle costs with a charge tank because I upgraded it. And the charge tank itself probably costs about what most people spend on their entire motorcycle when they buy a motorcycle for the first time. But no, not me. I end up spending, that's just an upgrade on my bike. So anyway, I get this bike. I have my husband drive it home for me because no way am I going to drive this thing through Los Angeles. And we take it to a parking lot. Or actually, we don't even go to a parking lot. The first time we just go to this, it's a kind of like a back street. Um, so there's not a lot of cars going up and down the street. It's it's a street sort of behind where our apartment was in a, in a residential neighborhood. And I'm just like going up and down the street, going around the block, no big deal, having fun. Um, and then I decide to make a U-turn, <laughs> which is kind of an advanced move. The thing with motorcycles is easy to go fast in a straight line, 
What is hard is making really tight turns slowly. When you're trying to manage that motorcycle going under 12 miles an hour, that's honestly when it's hard to maneuver. So I'm making a U-turn and I'm realizing I'm running out of space. I'm not going tight enough and I'm either going to hit this car that's parked on the side of the street or I'm going up on the sidewalk. So sidewalk it is. I ride my motorcycle up onto the sidewalk and um and uh, the next thing I know I'm on the ground the 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 tires are smoking and I'm facing the opposite direction and I don't even know what the heck I did. So, you know, knowing I got to get back up. I got to get back up on the motorcycle. So, my husband helps me pick the motorcycle up. I get back on. Uh my ego is hurting and I did smash one of the turn signal lights <laughs> a little bit. So I'm feeling kind of bad and I'm thinking, okay, I'm definitely going to buy the drop bars. I'm calling up the dealership tomorrow and I'm ordering the drop bars. But I need to get back on the motorcycle because I can't, you know, drop it and not get back on. Because then, you know, just like with my cousin or just like riding a horse, if you don't get back on, you're going to be afraid to get back on again. So I get back on the motorcycle and now we drive it to this parking lot. And my husband's just telling me, make some circles. So, you know, making some tight circles, just getting used to making some tight circles. There's a cone in the middle of the parking lot and I'm just looking at it and we're just making circles. And then I go up a slight incline and I'm, you know, I stop the motorcycle because I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with my practice for today. We're going to end on a good note. And um, I'm on an incline and the bike starts rolling backwards and I drop it again. <laughs> so... I have to get back up, ride it around, ride it around for like maybe another minute. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done because I had to leave it on a good note, right? So in all honesty, honesty, the old me would have said, that's it. I need to take this thing back. Uh, I'll just, you know, it's, a, it's just going to be a big loss. I'm going to lose a lot of money on this bike, but I don't think I ever want to get up on that bike again. <laughs> But I just like, I just, I just couldn't. I, I spent so much money on this bike. I'm like, no, I, I need to learn how to ride this. You know, and I had a dirt bike. I had a little tiny um, KX 85. It's just an 85cc tiny little dirt bike for kids. And uh, my husband's like, don't worry. We'll take the dirt bike out. You'll crash on the dirt bike. You know, you'll practice crashing because, you know, it's just dangerous. You're going to fall. That's part of part of learning to ride a motorcycle is learning how to get back up. So I had to spend the next few days sort of thinking about, you know, what kind of a person rides a motorcycle safely? Okay, there's your impulsive adrenaline junkies, and I'm not one of those people. I am not one of those people that can just go and do something scary and just do it. And then there's the people who are... They just know how to fall in love with the process of learning. There's no ego in it. They don't even need to get on the street. And I just decided if I have to be in the parking lot for the next year, weaving in and out of cones, I'm going to do that. I had my husband lay the motorcycle down in the driveway on a rug, and I practiced picking it up because I thought maybe if I could pick the motorcycle up myself, I won't be afraid of dropping it. And if I'm not afraid I'm going to drop it, then maybe I won't. <laughs> no, I kept dropping that motorcycle. I dropped it a bunch of times. Um, but what I did do, what 
dropping the motorcycle and learning how to pick it back up and what it what that did for me was it gave me an opportunity to practice my resilience practice pushing through scary things practice getting through a challenging time and it didn't have to just be about the motorcycle i thought about you know this this can apply to life you know anytime you fall down in life you you get back up you you make a mistake at work or even heaven forbid you lose your job you get another one um and and you take care of of yourself you know you take care of learning the little things by taking care of of yourself i mean respecting where you are on your journey and not getting ahead of yourself sort of just being mindful like my husband always says, you know, all the jo- different jobs he's had in his life, some he's loved, some he's hated. But even the jobs he hated, he did the best job he could. Because in that way, you're always going to feel good about yourself. So I started to apply these things to learning how to ride my motorcycle and at the same time realizing they could apply to life. And I came up with what I called my 10 Zen principles of good motorcycle riding habits. And um, I will like, tell you what those are right now. So number one is respond to situations instead of reacting. Number two, understand and respect your limitations and go at your own pace. Number three, be prepared, think and plan ahead. And I like to also refer to this third one as taking care of your future self. And we'll talk more about that in my series. Number four, if you break something, fix it. Number five, if you don't know something, learn. Number six, if you fall down, get back up. Number seven, look in the direction you want to go, not where you don't want to go. Number eight, practice mindfulness, which is focusing on doing what you're doing when you're doing it and doing things in the correct order. Number nine is practice good habits often and commit to the process. And number 10 is enjoy the ride. Like these habits don't come naturally. They sound like the most simple thing in the world to do. But honestly, I have to constantly remind myself of these habits. Like for instance, I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going through a really rough time in my life right now. I lost a job. I had moved 450 miles away from Los Angeles because I was working for this remote job. And I didn't move because of the job, but I would not have moved if I knew that six weeks later, they were going to lay me off for budget cuts. And I felt really used up and thrown away. Like I couldn't help taking it personally because everyone that I worked with knew I was moving and it would have been nice if somebody in the you know upper management had, you know, said, hey, listen, our budget's not so great. Why don't you wait till the end of the quarter before you do make any drastic moves? Because I don't know how secure our positions are right now. But it's just business, right? So I I feel like I had fallen down. Hey, you know, I want a job where I'm appreciated and I make a lot of money. But what happened when I lost my job, I started feeling like, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to end up having to live in my friend's 
apartment because I can't afford my own. I don't want to have to move in with my parents or move in with my husband's parents in Alabama and leave California. You know, I started doing um, what my counselor calls catastrophizing and what I just call looking in the direction I don't want to go. So like, you know, my acupuncturist had said to me once, yeah, when you go into a restaurant, you don't tell them what you don't want. You don't tell them, I don't want a grilled cheese sandwich and I don't want the soup of the day and I don't want a beer and I don't want a Coke. No, you go in and you tell them what you want. You tell them, I would like, uh, you know, the, the arugula salad with grilled chicken. Um, no Parmesan cheese, please, or whatever. You're very specific. You don't, do it by process of elimination, but we do this in life a lot where we are looking at what we're afraid of or thinking about what we don't want instead of focusing on what what we do want. Like if you're dating, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get taken advantage of. I don't want to be taken for granted again. I don't want to get ghosted. I don't want to be blown off or whatever it is instead of saying, I want to find love. Because if you don't want to be vulnerable, and you don't want to risk getting hurt, don't even bother dating because that's just part of it. And it was the same thing with learning to ride my motorcycle. Like I was going to be afraid. It was going to be difficult. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to have to keep focusing on what my goal is. And that is to be a person who has enough skill and wisdom And I've worked hard to create the right responses on the motorcycle so that I'm riding it safely and I'm in control, literal. When you're looking in the direction you want to go, that's where the motorcycle is going to go. So if you're looking at a van parked on the side of the road or a telephone pole, you are most likely going to ride your motorcycle into the telephone pole or into the van. So you have to remember that in life too. Keep looking in the direction you want to go. And I have to remind myself because I can catastrophize and start talking about all the things I'm afraid of happening to me. You know, it's like if I'm, if I'm at, at the restaurant called life then I, and, and the universe is my waiter, then I better, you know, place my order clearly and correctly so that the universe can give me back what I want. So I'm going to be talking a lot about those 10 habits that I created on the motorcycle and how they can apply to creating a healthy life. And I'm also going to be talking about how to look at the challenges and the difficult things in our life as an opportunity for positive change. So I'm going to be talking about a a lot of different areas of mental health. I also want to talk a lot about um, adults on the autism spectrum and how a lot of people have been misdiagnosed with different mental health issues when it turned out that they had neurodiversity issues, not necessarily a disorder. But overall, I want to spend time talking about how we can face our fears and facing those difficult challenges and how those can lead us into a better life and to make breakthroughs in our lives that lead us to positive changes. I want to see the stigma of talking about mental health um, not be a stigma anymore. Bottom line, what I'm hoping that you all get out of this podcast is that we can remove the stigma of talking about mental health 
talking about adults on the autism spectrum, talking about depression, anxiety, codependency, and suicidal ideations without the stigma. Like, let's open up the conversation because this is these are things that are human, that people struggle with, and there's a lot of shame. I feel like there's a lot of shame still that people experience or even when someone is brave enough to come out and say, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, I feel worthless. That That's not something that, oh, don't talk about that. Like, I want us to open up these conversations because I really think it could save a lot of lives. So thank you for joining me for my first podcast. Um, it's just, just sort of an overview of what the next episodes are going to be about. Please feel free to comment about things that you'd like to talk about or something that you'd like me to discuss. And I look forward to talking again with you soon. Thanks for joining me. Face your fears and shift your gears. This